This is Weirdly Enough, your regular podcast for strange stories and amazing facts. Delivered straight to your favorite podcast directory and at weirdlyenough.com. Now, here are your hosts, Andy and Len. Welcome back to Weirdly Enough, your podcast source for all the weird goings on around the world. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart, uh, TuneIn, Alexa, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Deezer, uh, Listen Notes, and lots of other podcast systems as well. So however you get your podcast, do subscribe. Uh, we also have a channel now on YouTube where you can subscribe to our videos. Um, here's one for you. Would you consider... Um, the breaking of gas to be considered a, pro- uh, a provocative act. I would say um, a mandatory jail term, or at least a fine. Be, I mean, Boris in England anyway wants you to be fined over three k. Yeah, not wearing a face mask uh-huh. in a yeah. corporate setting. Uh-huh. So, what you're talking about, I would say. 10 grand maybe or six months in prison well this guy got off lightly this is a guy in Austria uh, and uh, the police believed uh, that uh, it was a provocative act as they fined the man 500 pounds for what they describe as letting go of ma- a massive intestinal wind apparently with full intent those are the, the operative words there apparently an intent are. Apparently, the man had been provoking officers before the incident. He does, however, have the right to appeal. There you go. That, that gets a start anyway. What are we looking at today on Weirdly Enough? He, he sounds like pretty much the worst kind of person. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely. Definitely. Right. You see, if, if Weirdly Enough was a bug, yeah. right, you'd have different chapters. Okay. <laughs> different episodes is what we have. With different chapters, right? Okay, right. On a, a thematic thematic basis where you'd maybe collate different themes and different subjects yes right? of course and you'd have a chapter on mysterious people right uh-huh. you know like um, well know. there's plenty of them mysterious They're walking by outside that window today mysterious appearances mysterious disappearances uh-huh. you know well that'd be different to mysterious people though wouldn't it it's all the same thing okay you know we're broad brush strokes here yeah. you know yeah uh-huh. right we're all about left hand, left side of the brain thinking on yes. this podcast, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh-huh. But anyway, a mysterious character that you may or may not have heard of was a gentleman called John, T- well, he claimed to be called John Tater. Okay. Right, that's T-I-T-O-R. John Tater. Right, John, I'm assuming it's Tater. I'm not, okay. Not Tater. I could be pronouncing that um, wrong. Uh, I'm sure where, we'll have our YouTube critics who will point out of <laughs> Where and when was this guy uh, around? In 1998, um, Art Bell, um, host of the late-night paranormal-themed radio show Coast to Coast AM. Hey, I'm Art Bell. Yeah. Okay. Um, Now, this attracted eccentrics from all over the United States. Um, Common themes were alien abduction, freaky physics, and more. Uh, He used to have open timelines segments uh, in which anybody could dial in to the show with their own stories. Um, Bell read a letter from a man claiming to be from the future, which naturally came in by Farx. Um, the unknown time traveller described a Y2K, God, this is so 2000, <laughs> a Y2K 
disaster that would leave people frozen to death. I don't really know why, but it never happened really. Um, yeah. A government. This is the thing where people thought planes were going to fly out of the sky yeah. and, and stuff. I remember the turn of the millennium. You know, they had they had a TV show yeah. set up live on, on the BBC. Yeah. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? They had. But you know, there's there's all I remember there's always a strange stuff you know or the government would say you'd only be allowed to leave your house for like an hour a day yeah uh-huh. you know just for essential reasons uh-huh. God, never happen like yeah no you no know, and, like, it would never be yeah absurd, never be locked absurdism down. like you know um, a government instituting martial law a power facility in Denver destroyed by a mob and a communal government system sprouting out of all the chaos destroyed by a mod a mob. Oh, I thought I thought Paul Weller had gone on the rampage again. So yeah, he went on this whole big spiel, and it was very much. It almost sounds more like if you remember, do you remember Dave Ferry? Yeah. Back in the day, did like a show called Weird Weekends. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, one of the Weird Weekends was hanging out with survivalists. Okay. And like mm-hmm. the nineties. Yeah. I so it was all that episode. That's kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. It was all kind of government are coming for guns. Yeah. FEMA camps. It was very mm-hmm. Sir Alex Jones yeah. type territory, like you know. Um, so there was this whole big mysterious call on Art Bell show and then nothing really, really happened for about a year or two and then on Bilton boards in the year 2000 do you remember Bilton boards? Bilton boards Bilton boards. boards well Bilton boards those dial in things that Aye. it was before the internet you could actually dial into a server and exchange messages and like download files yeah, and stuff yeah. were those around the edit? I think they would have been yeah but I, I remember using them um, because uh, well, yeah, you obviously had to pay for internet, but you yeah. could you could dial into these things kind of for free because they were set up in people's homes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. They set up was kind of servers just in, in somebody's back uh, back room and stuff. As a very quick aside, do you remember that show um, War Games? It was nineteen eighty three that came out about the wee lad that nearly started World War Three. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. If was he on the internet as such, or was that something different that he was on? Must have been some military network or something. Like no. Some sort of military intranet yeah, or something. Uh-huh. Anyway, we're getting off track here. Um, now, on button boards in 2001, a mysterious poster um, started putting posts on claiming to be an American military time traveler from the year 2036. Okay. Uh, he made, he called himself John Tater. Okay. And he made numerous vague and specific predictions regarding events in 2004 and beyond including a nuclear war in 2015, none of which obviously came true. Yeah. Um, but it became this whole big cult at the time. Now, I'm not even going to say this was true, mm-hmm. because in the sense of he was not really a time traveller, because we're sitting here in 2020, and there obviously hasn't been touch wood yet, World War Three, no. or like a nuclear uh-huh. war or such. So that's obviously not correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, now, you could sort of go from two angles. I mean, you could say, well, he was from like a different timeline. Yeah. Where this mm-hmm. actually did happen. Right, okay. Or a more realistic and maybe more interesting idea is that it was an art project. Right. Which I'm actually increasingly more kind of intrigued by. Mm. Because it's a kind of theme that's kind of emerged over the past sort of 10 years or so. People using the internet as a kind of collaborative, kind of ongoing art projects you yeah, know kind of almost like creating these kind of narratives very interesting well he, he came to be a soldier didn't he that, yes yeah. uh-huh. it, it's it's a bit like the Terminator films isn't it right yeah soldiers yeah, sent back well, and was of, he sent back with any purpose um, well yes um, 
what was he sent back for? Oh, for a computer, an yeah. IBM 5100. He was assigned to a government time travel project to 1975 to retrieve an old IBM computer, mm-hmm. which he said was needed to debug various legacy computer programs in 2036. Um, he said that... And he stopped off in 2000 for personal reasons. Right. Yeah. And that's why he was sitting... Logging yes. on to uh-huh. these bulletin boards, doing random stuff in 2000. Uh-huh. Um, now, over the months, um, he tried to alert anyone that would listen about the threat of Kreutzfeldt-Jakob disease. Right. A.K.A. Okay. mad cow disease. Yes. And he, he basically was saying, don't eat beef. That was around about the thousands, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah so, like, it's it's very certain 90s, yeah. 2000. Uh-huh. He was, don't be eating burgers or steak because you're going to get mad cow disease and go mad. Um, he was questioned about his posts, um... And he said there was, he was worried about civil war in the United States. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know the way things were going. Um, he also expressed an interest in mysteries, um, such as UFOs. And he suggested that UFOs might be travellers from much further into the future than his own time with superior time machines. Right, yeah. You know, maybe they were operating the, the mystery airships yeah. we covered last mm-hmm. week. Um, over the next four months, he responded to various questions from other posters describing future events in poetically phrased ways. Um, now, his final post was on March 24th, 2001, and he offered his final bit of advice. He said, bring a gas can with you when the car dies at the, on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Implying that there's going to be some sort of like oil crisis or right. something like that. That never happened. That never happened. So it's a bit of Mad Max almost. And he signed off forever and returned home. He was never heard of again. Um, and over the, the next few years, there became like a whole lot of, a whole big thing about John Titor. You know, it was a whole big early internet phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, a lot of his predictions didn't come true because he said there would be a civil war in 2004. That didn't happen. Okay. And he said as a result of the war, America was spent in five regions based on various factors and difficult, differing military objectives. And end up with what he called Endow, which mm-hmm. was a big nuclear war in 2015. Um, he claimed as a 13 year old in 2011 this is presumably kind of post civil war he joined the fighting diamondbacks a shotgun infantry unit in florida right for at least four years i'm assuming it was things were so chaotic they were just running around like hillbillies with shotguns yeah and then you know the swamps or whatever um so he disappears and everybody's like what's going on but obviously a lot of people were like well this is obviously a guy sort of He's created this whole big phenomenon, but he's disappeared. But who's done it? Yeah. Or maybe it's mm-hmm. a, a group of people, or you know, yeah. what's the crack? Now, there was an Italian television program called Voyager, mm-hmm. uh, and it did a, a show about John Tater on May 19th, 2008, uh, where they were working with a private investigator called Mike Lynch, and they found no evidence past or present of any individual called John Tater. He did, however, identify John Tater Foundation, right. which was a, a for-profit company that was founded on September the 16th, 2003. It uh, didn't have an officer address, but it had a, a rented PO box in uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something was going on anyway. Um, in 2018, there's a multimedia artist called Joseph Maffini, uh, and he said he worked as a consultant for unnamed individuals responsible for the whole legend. And he said that John Tater is basically a story that was created as a literary experiment by people who was wanted to sort of see how far they could take it. Um, 
and how many kind of people they could draw on and sort of just it was supposed to be almost like an orga- organic yeah. thing mm-hmm. that would would evolve um it's become a bit of a phenomenon um in 2004 members of george george mason university threw together a multimedia rock opera <laughs> based on theater um and according to imdb a feature length film about theater is in the pipeline um so yeah it's it's becoming a bit of a strange thing I really don't believe that it was time travel. I just believe it was somebody making a load of stuff up for, for fun. There's a book, apparently, um, published by the John Tater Foundation. Oh, the foundation's back again. Yeah. yeah. Um, they self-published John Tater, A Time Traveler's Tale. <laughs> and it's basically a bound copy of all the posts, right. of the old message boards. Yeah. Uh, used copies of this are currently going for $130 on Amazon. Oh, great. So if you've got a yeah. spare... Yeah. Hundred dollars uh-huh. or so to burn for you can you can, you can do that. Or you can just search for the posts, you know. But I suppose a lot of people like a hard copy, don't they? Uh, it's it's still a big thing. I mean, according to this um, article that I dug up, a Google search for John Tater's solution bounces back with three hundred twenty-five hundred thousand results. Right. Um, uh-huh. So it's like a massive big thing. Yeah. So people uh-huh. are still still fascinated by it. Yeah. So that's basically it, but um, yeah, it's it's he's obviously not a time traveler, he's obviously like got lots of science fiction ideas and kind of thrown them together. But it's interesting as an, as an intellectual experiment, I think. Yeah, and that's kind of my my take on things. You know? that one person can, can do all that, yeah, or a group mm-hmm. of people as a project. And mm-hmm. it, it's interesting when you get into internet culture and kind of how the whole nature of storytelling has become a different thing. and he, he was taking ideas from people he had dragged with and incorporating that. And maybe when we upload this podcast, it's the point that he finally gets in touch again. Maybe he'll comment on the podcast. Well, yeah. I mean, if and John Tater um, wants to get in touch, yeah, uh-huh. we'll have him on the show. Oh, of course. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. yeah. We'll do a Zoom, Zoom meeting. Yes, a yeah. Zoom meeting. Exactly. We'll be back with a few more stories right after this. I just love this story here. This is about a roundabout that was built in Cambridgeshire. Cambridgeshire County Council were incredibly proud of their new initiative. It's a Dutch-style roundabout. Have you seen pictures of this? It looks wildly complicated. But what it does is give priority to cyclists over other road users. Cyclists love it. Other road users hate cyclists, don't they? But anyway, the roundabout cost the council a whopping £2.3 million. But they were all very happy about it until they, they'd even planned a, a lavish opening ceremony for their brand new junction. However, disaster struck the day before the event when a car crashed into the roundabout. It remained closed for a few days as contractors assessed the damage. So they reckon now it's probably back to the drawing board. With their their whole Dutch style roundabout. Yeah, I saw something about that on the, in the morning. Yeah, morning, Joe. And in Ukraine, a mother is now facing jail herself after getting caught trying to dig a tunnel so her son could escape from a jail. The fifty-one-year-old uh, woman rented a house near the jail and went to work on the tunnel uh, on a silent electric scooter. Uh, she completed the work during the hours of darkness so she would not arouse suspicion. She didn't do a bad job either. She used shovels and pickaxes to dig a 10 foot deep tunnel which ran 30 feet towards the prison walls. A local resident, I think I think this is Ukrainian humor, a local resident said, perhaps she was a miner's daughter. 
Yes. Yeah, good that. Yeah. Let's get that. That's very clever though. And on that bombshell, we shall be back next week. Thanks very much for listening. Do subscribe, like and share uh, if you do enjoy the podcast. Tell your friends. That's always fun and the more the merrier. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Weirdly Enough. Remember to subscribe to get the latest edition as soon as it drops. And don't forget to leave a review. Email us about anything we've discussed or with your own weird tale at podcast at weirdlyenough.com.